Hell yeah. I'm in for that. All right. Let's rock and roll. Hello, Matthew, and welcome into the Section 109 podcast, listeners and viewers. My name is Breezy. I'm joined by Matthew. And Matthew, I have a really, really, really big hot take. I really wish that Matthew was the drinking game for today's episode. It might be. You don't. We don't set the drinking games. I mean, I only have coffee. I got, oh, I'm going to go get a Chattahoolie. You're going to keep this up. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, you want my super big hot take? Give it to me. It's a pretty incredible hot take. Okay. Winning is better than losing. That's true. Although I w- really wouldn't know what that feels like. Two undefeated teams. Wild. It's weird. Uh, but we're going to talk first about our women who played two games this weekend. A 2-2 draw in Knoxville on Friday and a 3 nothing win. I had to think through those since there were three <laughs> games this weekend on Sunday in Atlanta. Matthew, give me your first quick thoughts. How are you feeling? Uh, let me, let's do a little housekeeping first. Okay. Uh, we're, so we're going to break... We've done previously. I thought you were saying we're going to break news. Uh, no. I was like, what news we're, are we breaking? What did I, what did I miss? Uh, we're splitting. Normally, we've been splitting episodes. Uh, each each game gets its own episode. We're going to do the, the two women's games this weekend in one episode, this one right here. And we will do uh, the next episode that you will hear from us will be the uh, the men's uh, recap. So a little bit of housekeeping. Um, yeah, we're going to see how we like it. I think I think that's the right move. Two games, one weekend. Might as well do them both uh, yeah, in the same yeah. one. Because I, I honestly, and, and I'll just go straight into it. Like I think both games need to be viewed in in kind of in totality. I could not agree more. They're very interla- interlaced and interwoven. Yeah, um, so it's it, almost like one hundred and eighty minute game. Uh, yeah, in some ways, in yeah, some yeah. ways. So you you've got the you've got the Knoxville game, which uh, is a lot like. Is a lot like the Nashville game in in, in some respects. Uh, Knoxville's a very good team. Uh, right after our game, they went out and they they went on the road, I think, and, and drew Charlotte Eagles, who are an incredibly good team uh, historically and, and probably this summer as well. That's a you know that's I think that speaks to the quality of of, of Knoxville's team, uh, and they've got some great players and and some really good pedigrees and, and things like that. And I thought we played. I, I certainly think that Knoxville was. Um, I feel like Knoxville would end up feeling hard done by a draw with us. Mm. Um, but I really liked I really liked how we played them. I thought that we were we were committed to playing kind of our kind of football. We were committed to playing with possession. We were committed to playing on the ground, and we were able once we got through like the initial five minutes. The initial five minutes were rough. We almost gave up a yeah a real bad a real bad chance early. Once we got through that period and grew our grew into the game, I thought we were we were pretty good. Now it didn't ultimately end up in anything, and and truthfully, I don't think we had as many shots as I would have wanted, and, and especially not any high high percentage looks. It's, um, it's wonderful that which you're, may you're be the story a, of of the season. It's it's the story of the last four seasons. If we as soon as uh, as soon as we started doing this podcast, it was like we're not getting enough shots. Yeah. Has been the yeah. um, consistent refrain from uh, Matthew, which is not fully incorrect either. Um, it is actually tough to get enough shots to feel good because you want to generate a lot of good chances. Yeah, and in order to generate good chances, there need to be shots involved. Yeah. So, but I I, I liked a lot of the movement. I liked a lot of the. Of 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 the way we we built up the way we structured the attacks, I thought the quality was sometimes a little a little bit lacking with that final ball with maybe that second to the last ball. Um, that felt like sharpness to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The problem is when you're not when you're not like fully tip top sharp, your season's gonna fly by, and and sure. and like the margins can be pretty tiny and on 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 how games turn and we and we actually see this in the in the Knoxville game. Um, and I, and I think the Atlanta game follows a similar format, especially in the first half. Uh, but, but for large portions of the second half as well, like we didn't, or with the, some of the football we played was really, really good and it would just break down at one, at one portion. But the way we were able to control games, the way we were able to, um, to, to play through pressure, um, our ability to find, find the open girl and have, and, and have that player turn and and, I, and and progress with the pass or progress with with the dribble was really really good, uh, so there's a lot there's a lot to like, um, in in the Knoxville game aside from not being able to generate enough shots for me, 
uh, our our set piece and our general aerial defending uh, was tough. But also, like Knoxville had a bunch of really tall players. Um, like there was there was a serious like height advantage that um, that they were able to take advantage of, and 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 that's that's just kind of part of it. Sometimes it's okay, Mixie. It's okay, buddy. Um, so. Like I thought, I thought the Knoxville game could be kind of summed up into when the ball was on the ground, we were really running the show. When mm. the ball got in the air, it's where Knoxville's advantage really came in. And they did a thing, and and, 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 I, and I realized that also we scored a, a header, a header, yeah. like you know, a big, a big aerial ball. But, but they, like they had some. We've talked about this before, but in women's soccer, it's a little bit like men's soccer in the lower divisions in England, as an example. Whereas you have teams that play, you know good soccer or whatever else. And then you have some teams that just play very direct and lump it over the top. And that's a very valid, um, it's a very valid strategy, not at the highest levels of soccer in the, in men's soccer in the world. Generally speaking, you don't just kick it forward to, I mean, there's a very, just a handful of players in the world, but the lower down the, the kind of like totem pole you go, and this is, you know, amateur soccer. If you can have a player that's faster and you have a, a, a speed advantage. Lumping it over the top is is a very valid way. And in women's soccer, for a long time, that is one of the valid um, avenues for scoring. Is if you have look, we used, we've done it to Summer Hernandez in, in past iterations of this when yeah. she was Summer Lantern. Yeah. Um, if you can kick it over the top to somebody who's fast and get into space, they're real tough to stop. And look, Knoxville did that some. They had an out ball and then an immediate over the top, or a an out ball that was um, in the air to another out ball over the top. I mean, these are first-time passes or pretty darn close to first-time passes. Mean, think about... And they get the big one-on-one -on -one at the end that Caroline saves. Yeah. Um, that's not... And this isn't a criticism. This is just a particular strategy they employed and was effective. Thank goodness uh, Caroline was up to it. Um, but it is one of those things that we don't do that. Um but we do we do at times, but it, it's it's rarely going over the top to chase and go. Oftentimes, our over the top play is to a forward that's checking down. Yes, and and, and oh, but I, I am talking about over the top play. Yeah, because that is very. I just, I just wanted to draw that distinction. We do play pretty direct. Um, not all the time. We play pretty direct, and and women's soccer in general tends to be pretty direct. Um, but over the top is not a thing that we have. You know, we have one player who's. Uh, fast and it's summer and like we're not currently built to play that way we are more a lot more technical than we have been sometimes in the past yeah and so playing through teams and then just having a better mentality spoiler alert some of our three things has led to us being much more dangerous later in games um and yeah i don't want to get too far off on that but it's just interesting to see the different approaches in last game us versus knoxville yeah. uh let's start out with the knoxville game matthew let's give the starting lineup so the starting lineup was unchanged from our game against birmingham uh for those who don't might not remember it's caroline johnson and goal right wing back bailey dull right center back anna lanter center back avery catlett left center back avery engels um that is a back line that has been very good um with left wing back slash left winger katie johnson um i say that because katie tends to play a little further forward we saw in this game um, now and and Bailey also gets up. they both get up and down but Bailey a little more defending Katie a little more attacking and and Katie has been a wonderful revelation of this season yeah um, Samantha Modsley at central defensive midfielder who I believe has been kind of the unsung hero MVP of the last couple of games um, I think she's really grown into that six role I'm not saying she hasn't played the six but for us she's really cemented in that role and gotten better and better and really like dictated the game offensively and defensively and by keeping possession yeah. and turning smartly and then um, I mean I'll point out in the Knoxville game I saw several times that she turned several times one way than the other way and kept her body in the way the way some of those Knoxville players didn't who may have been like quote unquote like as good or better players. I'm not saying they were actually better, but like very talented, very skilled players, but were younger, less experienced yeah. and did not have the good body control that she has that a veteran player has. And you just saw the difference there were about indecision making. And some of those girls got pressed and the ball got taken away and you just really didn't see that happen for Sam. And then Nadia Ivanchenko at the center midfield spot, Sarah King at the center midfield spot, Summer Hernandez up top with Ava Van Doren also up top with her. So same uh, on the bench. We had Lucy Sandhoff, Addie Chapman, who did get an appearance, Victoria Grant, who got her, Debut. Debut. I was say that, thinking about this weekend. She got her second appearance in Atlanta as well. Uh, Brianna Hurtado, who also played. Uh, Serena Lewis was on the bench but did not play. Brady Livingston was on the bench but did not play. Uh, Kirsan, or Crisson, excuse me, Crisson, sorry. Crisson St. Louis, finally learned how to, learned how to say her name. Crisson yep. St. Louis, although I'm still getting used to it, also definitely uh, got in the game again. 
And then Sage, who did not play, and Anna Silva, who did not play against Knoxville. Knoxville was a, a game where we only saw four players sub in and out. It was a more tightly contested game, and we didn't make as many subs. Um, all right, Matthew, let's go straight to the goals. So, let's so just, yeah, so at this point in time, we're down we're down to zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the goals, roughly 70th minute, uh, comes on, or, or 65th, 64th, somewhere in there. And, uh, I'll, and, I, and I'll make one point out. I'll point one thing out here. We need to improve a little bit in our middle of the second half lull. We did it against Nashville where we lulled real hard and we conceded those two goals. Um, And I don't mean that we were just like, we just, we conceded the second goal against Nashville. The first goal was in the first. You're right. You're right. We could, we, and we should have honestly should have conceded the third probably against Nashville. Yeah. Um, So we have had these like 10 to 15, 10 to 20 minute stretches in the, in this middle of the second half for both those games where we have um, kind of lacked energy, intensity and sharpness. And that needs to get better. I'm not criticizing because we come back and both times we come and, and spoiler alert, tie it. And, and it's gr- good results, both of them. So I'm not I'm not upset. I just think if we're going to beat those teams, we can't have that lull. Um, keep going, Matthew. Yeah, so Knoxville's first goal comes in roughly the 65th minute, we'll just say. Uh, comes from a corner. Uh, we just don't do an awesome job defending it. And, and one of their one of their trees is able to, to, <laughs> trees. to, to head it home. Uh, the second side note. Side note: They have um, Kentucky, Virginia. They have KV on their. Um, it's it's an eight six five alliance out of Knoxville, but eight six five goes into Kentucky and Virginia as well. So they have K and V on their um, on their um, uh, crest. Oh, neat. Losers. Um, yeah, whatever. The uh, the second goal comes from can't the, be can't be a Tennessee football team. Still only one football team in ten anyway. <laughs> Nerd. Uh, the the second goal comes from the run of play. It's just a cross into the box and. Uh, same same girl who scored the first one is able to get something on the second one and it trickles in. Uh, and then our goal comes, our first goal comes in the 81st minute. Uh, there's a corner kick from the uh, from the left-hand side and it's sent in, kind of headed out uh, and Avery Ingles is on back post and you're run, for, ru- runs You're forgetting out, your favorite part of this goal. Runs out to, to pick it up. Uh, oh, there we go. There on, we go. On, on now close to the right right hand side near the corner flag. She's normally on the left hand side, and and she's uh, she's able to 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 play it off of the defender for another corner kick. Everyone resets now from the corner from the right side. Gets swung in and gets tapped back out, uh, or or cleared out or whatever. Right to Bailey Dull, who just sets it and then whips it. Well, she loops puts it, in loops, loops it. it's a bit, yeah, better term. Puts um, it in the danger. It puts it in the mixer. As she they did say. put it into the mixer, and really, the only person, the only two people that tried to make a challenge on it were the goalkeeper and Avery Angles. And it turns and, out the goalkeeper's not very tall. And, and, and Avery Angles gets there first. And Avery, Avery gets up, gets up, gets there first, and heads it in. It's not just about being tall; it's, it's timing and it's whatever yeah, else. Yeah, Because that girl uh, with outstretched arms could have gone over Avery's head, but she doesn't time yeah. it well and, enough. And and Knoxville's defense just like. Didn't, falls asleep didn't completely. react to the play got ball watching and and so credit, i would i would argue they weren't ball watching well i think they were ball watching they just weren't their legs weren't moving at the time yeah there we go uh avery heads it in and and i lose my mind and <laughs> and we we go in um and, and at this point in in real time we get I'm, back into the game at that I'm, point i'm in some bar in in denver or in golden colorado and and I, had, and, and I had turned off the game uh when we went down to zero because the the stream I was having trouble you know with whatever and I was like well this is clearly not working like you know if they if they start coming back you know I I I can't I can't like mess with this mojo here and so like I wanted to turn the game on and I was like nope 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 not gonna do it not gonna do it and then like seconds later I'm you know all of a sudden I get a notification like we scored again it's like holy shit what's going on here turns out uh just some some a nice little bit of attacking play actually. And then the play kind of becomes broken as, as it gets broken up by Knoxville. Ball kind of then, you know, like kind of skirts through, and Croissant gets taken down in the box. And uh, I wasn't sure, like watching the stream uh, this morning on recording day, uh, watching the game. Uh, I I thought Nadia like she had the ball in her hand. I thought she was going to take it, and then right at kind of the last minute, she hands it off to Croissant, and Croissant Saint Louis scores her third goal in three games. And we um, call her one game, one goal a game, Louis. That's good. I just um, made that up right now, but we just start calling her that because <laughs> she's scoring a goal every game. Something interesting about the rest of this game, Knoxville had their chances to win it. Uh, we kind of had a couple half ish chances uh, towards the end. The game got real stretched and uh, yeah, it was, it was just interesting on the rewatch. Cause like, you know, I know the final score and I'm still like, Oh man, like how is this going to end up? Hmm. 
And um, but it finishes two two, and I think I think it's a really good point away from home against a good team. So I'll tell you. I know you and I've already spoken about this a little bit today in preparing for this episode. Um, but I watching this live in Knoxville felt like in the first half, and this is why we most of the time rewatch games, but there were three this weekend and I just wasn't going to be able to watch all three, rewatch all three. So I've rewatched all the goals. Uh, and I did rewatch the men's game, which I, I, I saw very little of on the stream since I saw the two women's games live. Um, so watching, rewatching this game and not, we're not rewatching this game. I had a different take on it. Um, but I know you've, you've got a pretty, pretty strong opinion on this. Um, but it's why we rewatch. I felt like in the first half, we were unlucky not to be up a goal. And I felt like in the second half, you know, we kind of, we basically had squandered our chances in the first half, and we kind of got our two goals in the second half that we deserved in the first half. Um, but I, I think you base, you feel like that may be a little bit unfair, of uh, maybe unfairly um, critical of the second half and unfairly um, positive about the second half. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't... Um... I, I think when you look at like the, the goals that we conceded, I, I think I, I think we could do better on both of them, frankly. Uh, those two are not goals I really want to give up. Uh, you don't want to give up goal ever, but like th- those are the t- like types of goals where I, I think I think we could do better and we could prevent from happening. That being said, like whether it's uh, the in in about four minutes in, there's a, a turnover playing for out of the back that Knoxville just puts just puts wide, golden opportunity for them squandered. There's one uh, kind of on a counterattack that they get centered, and the ball's bouncing a little bit. It's like a half volley or whatever, and and like she's basically center of the box, like just puts the thing wide. Like that's those are big chances. Those were in the first five minutes, right? Uh, the the other one was like mid, almost directly midway in the first half. Uh, kind of the counterattack. I, I think those are those are massive chances, and it's just way bigger than anything we created. And it, it's why I feel like, on the balance of the chances created, uh, that I think if 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 you're Knoxville, you feel actually hard done by the first half, uh, which is in directly against how you were feeling mm. about the first half. But and like, I, and I thought a little bit more about that. And here's what I think happened: I walked into the game. We were late-ish coming in. I couldn't get the ticket to work at the front, and they kicked off right on time, surprisingly. And, and honestly, by the way, 865, great stream. Yeah. Decent yeah. venue. They had a, a little merch table, and, and I'm, I'm not saying little to do, demean it. It was just actually not a very big table. And they had a um, two little concessions or one concession line with kids running it, but like doing a with an adult supervisor. They did a great job. It was a great experience. Um, other than not having beer, um, it was a really solid Solid experience, and then the one guy trying to fight us, but um, that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Um, so yeah, I, I, kudos to eight six five. It is for a brand new or, or new ish, uh, because I mean they kind of like took over some whatevers. Eight six five Alliance took uh, became an MPSL team, a WPSL team, and they're trying to do a thing. We went to the uh, we went to a brewery. I think what it was called a brewery as a pregame bar, and that brewery had a beer named after them. It's not revolutionary anymore, but it's cool. It had schedules up in there. It had a flag up in there. Um, I don't think anybody but us was there for the game, but that was neat. And then going to the game, it was a solid experience. Um, I saw some replays on the stream that didn't look like they had many people, but I felt like there was a decent chunk of people there. So anyway, it's a good start. It's it's a lot better than the average WPSL team. It's quite frankly as good or better than the average MPSL team. And I was very impressed, and I I expect, assuming that the, the money doesn't run out for some reason, and that, because that's always an issue with with amateur and professional soccer, they will develop potentially into a real rival of ours, trying to do things right. Because they definitely had a lot of homegrown talent. They had a facility that didn't suck. They had a production that had some money into it and it cared about it. So I, I was very very happy to see that. I was I was extremely worried about uh, about the two stream the the two well really all three streams this weekend. Uh, well, yeah, I wasn't worried a few weeks ago about Nisa streams, but fuck you, Rochester. Uh, let's 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 keep it on. Let's Sorry. keep it on point here. Uh, but yeah, my, my, my I, I, was, I was I was worried about both of the streams mm. be, not being able to watch the games live. Like I I, I want to make sure that we're we're keeping good stats for the women's team, uh, just like I do for the men. And I was pleasantly surprised with both of them. Like now the 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 one in, for Atlanta Fire did not have a commentator. 
but like it had noise and all the soundtrack of that game was the Chad Hooligans, which was great. Oh, I also uh, watched, but like it worked. It was, it was, it had no issues with buffering. I also watched, it was frankly a lot cleaner than, and then most in, uh, Nisa streams I've seen. And look, the Knoxville, the Knoxville, and I haven't seen the only replays, by the way, of the Atlanta. And I know we got to get moving here, but the, the only replays of the Atlanta game that I've seen are, um, from Instagram because they're like screen recordings. I could not find, I did not go into 11 and watch them. I, found, I watched them on, on the computer, on my, on my, uh, Mac, but uh, they were lovely. I could not see the quality of the stream. I can say that Knoxville's had a real score bug and a real thing. And then I watched the Charlotte Eagles. You know, uh, spoiler alert: if you didn't know um, that result, in order the only way to find it was to watch the stream. So I watched a good chunk of this Charlotte Eagles stream, and they also have no announcer. And they've been doing this a while. They have a men's stream. They have a men's team. They've had a Sports Center top ten. They've won a national title in the in the PDL. So. Um, they they could have a better thing, but they also only had a camera and no score bug and no um, announcer of any kind. That being said, if you got an if you got a stream and it doesn't buffer, I'd like you to have a score bug, but I don't care about the announcer. But honestly, and, if and I just need it not to. I just need it not to buffer. And neither the Charlotte Eagles stream that I that I watched most of did not buffer. At the, any point the that I saw, Fire one did not buffer. The eight six five one did not buffer. That's that's progress, and you know who could learn from that? Nisa Rochester. Um, anyway, uh, I, I I think so. Like, Atlanta Fires did not have a a scorebook in it, but what it did have was like the scoreboard. Regularly, the scoreboard was in view. That was like, the same it, for the Charlotte Eagles. It was yeah. good enough. It, it was fine. So hey, kudos to Atlanta. And look, Atlanta did not have a bad setup. Oh, the um, there were ball kids at the Knoxville game as well. Nice. And walkout kids as well. So, full walkout kids so let's, for let's, both teams. Let's finish Knoxville. When was the last time you went to a WPSL or NPSL team that had full walkout kids? That's pretty solid. Yeah, let's finish up. Let's, uh, let's, sorry. Let's finish up Knoxville here uh, because and I do think your, your comment about a, a potential rivalry is interesting. Also, like FC Alliance... Is is the youth academy in, in in Knoxville that 865 Alliance is over top of, uh, kind of like like the top level team for for that academy, and what's interesting is FC Alliance is is a CFC Academy partner. I'm not, but I think it might be just on the men's side. M oh, well, no, because Brady Livingston is from Knoxville, and she's coming down for for CFC Academy stuff. Interesting. I don't know that. And I'm not sure. Uh, if you if you're listening to this and you know and you know actually what's going on here. Uh, let us know because I'm I'm curious about that. Like it's just interesting to me how uh, uh, how how all this works uh, on on the Knoxville front the, or the game. Uh, we've we've talked about some of these things. Yeah, I'm just going through the list, making sure we talk about. What we oh, let's let's go to the let's go to kind of the last one here. I hope Caroline's okay. Uh, so I did not know that. I I just figured like her her not starting against. Um, Atlanta Fire was just general rotation, and it was not. Uh, and she took a fucking shot at the end of that game. The bruise was pretty gnarly. Um, yeah, I, uh, she was wearing shorts as as one would normally do, and she you could see on her leg, like mid thigh, or it was like a gnarly ass bruise. So she so, took quite the kick, or yeah. What knee or whatever hit her. Yeah. So I I hope she's okay. Also, she got a yellow card in that play. And I can't figure out how. Well, because that that's a that's a yellow going the other way. That it's a red going the other way. We were chanting red card. <laughs> I figured you would upgrade that. It's I mean it's it's a yellow going the other way. Like it's it's, it's clearly she clearly wins the ball. It's clearly a dirty tackle, Matthew, and that referee should be uh, suspended for a game until he gets his refereeing together. I mean, if every if if every time that uh, if we said that about WPSL referees. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think overall it's a, it's a good point. It's a, a tough opponent. Um, they're going to be, they're going to be some, um, uh, in, in this conference and the way our schedule falls playing Nashville twice, playing Knoxville twice, play, excuse me, playing a uh, women's Cl football club of Charlotte. Like they're going to be some real tough opponents. And, and, and I think as we lead into the Atlanta fire game, uh, that was on Sunday night. Yeah. Let me, you want me to talk to the almost uh I, I just think it's like when you have the teams that have the caliber of players of nashville and a knoxville and eventually women's football club of charlotte later down the line that's why a game like uh sunday like the atlanta fire game is so important to pick up three points because yeah they're probably I mean, they were a decent team they were not at the level of, of a nashville or a or a knoxville i don't think but I, they were decent like they had some decent players um uh, 
you know, being in being in the Atlanta metro area, like it just allows you to have access to to all kinds of players that need need a place to get some get get some fitness in the summer. And and they weren't they weren't bad. You could tell it was their first game a little bit, but like they weren't bad. And and it's so critical that if we because of the, the way the WPSL is set up this year, you need to pick up three points in these games. Um, and 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 a game like a game like this is massively critical to pick up three points in. And and that's why I'm I'm so I'm so happy and, and, and proud of the girls for that performance. Uh which I, I had gotten back like maybe I got back maybe an hour before, maybe two hours before um that game kicked off. And so I was able to watch it live. And it was it was a really good performance. Let's go through the lineup first and then we'll talk about it. Brooke Alvarez got the starting goal. The aforementioned uh, Caroline Johnson being out. Um, I also think it's nice for Brooke to get a, a shot, right? Like she's a good player and she yeah. deserved to to get a shot. So I don't want. It's not good for Caroline to get hurt. What is good is that we have a quality backup. That since she did get hurt, we were able to fill in that spot, and the pressure wasn't on Caroline to maybe play and potentially hurt herself worse or yeah. or be in a rough spot. So love that. Right wing back Anna Silva. Uh, that's great. That's a, a, a rotation from the other game. Right center back, Bailey Dole. Hello, Bailey Dole center back. Um, I thought she did a lot of running and played uh, quite well defensively. Spoiler alert. Avery Catlett at center back, and that is um, Lucio Avery Catlett, the the marauding <laughs> we'll, we'll Brazilian-esque defender. Um, we'll get to that. I can't even, even get through this without saying that. Left center back, Anna Lancer, moving over to the left side, and left wing back, Ava Van Doren, something that we saw in the Nashville game. Um, central defensive midfielder Samantha Maudsley, center midfielder Nadia Ivanchenko, and center midfielder Sarah King. So the midfield remained unchanged, but we had some rotation in defense. Uh, and then forward Summer Hernandez and forward Crisson St. Louis. So some some rotation there. We had one. We had three players moved out. Uh, Caroline Johnson gets the night off. Avery Ingles gets the night off. Uh, Katie Johnson went to went to the bench to be a, a, available as a sub. With Brooke Alvarez coming in. And she didn't come in. KD didn't come in until like very late in the game, I felt correct, like. Correct, correct. Uh, which was good because I would assume, I, I don't know this, but I would assume that these players were very tired after playing Friday and then playing against Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So very nice that they could get a little break. So Alvarez coming in, Ana Silva coming in, and Crisson St. Louis coming in. And then we had uh, subs. And, and also moving Ava Van Doren to, to wing back, mm-hmm. moving Bailey Dole to, to right center back. There was a lot of movement happening for the second game. So uh, goalkeeper Lucy Sandoff was again on the bench um, with Caroline in the stands with us. In fact, she did the uh, keeping of stats for this game for Matthew on the first draft. Thank you, Caroline. Um, Grace Barker-Roberts, who got an appearance. By the way, I missed that. I'm sorry, Grace. Um, I didn't realize she got in there at the end of the game. Um, I must have been too busy uh, singing the SpongeBob song about the goalkeeper in the second half and celebrating the goals. Happy debut day. Happy debut day. Uh, Lupe Diaz got in again. Victoria Grant got in again. Brianna Hurtado got in again. Katie Johnson got in again. Serena Lewis got her debut. Happy debut day. Sage got in as well. And Emma Webster got in again. But Emma Emma played the end of one of the other games. Yeah. So it was not her debut. Um, goals. So you don't have the minutes written down for this. Uh, yeah, I don't. But Sorry. here's the thing. I want to. I want to start with this for the Atlanta game and reflecting back on our season so far. So we are four games in. Other and Birmingham, I'm going to take out a little bit because Birmingham was Birmingham. In the three games against tough opponents, we don't start scoring until midway through the second half, and really, it's later on in the second half. And I have a theory, Matthew, and I wonder how you feel about this. I think, I don't think, I know we have an older team than a lot of these teams. You can see it on the field. Some of these are academy-level teams where they are 17, 18, 19, 16, 17, 18, 19. Some of our players, Summer Hernandez is 28. Multiple of our players are in their early to mid-20s. Um, I don't know how old Kaylee Burrell and, and Anna Lancer are, but I think that they're both in the 24, 25 range, 23 to 25, somewhere in there. Um, I don't know how old Avery Ingles is, but she just did her... Uh, she did all of her college and then did a graduate year. So I'm just pointing out we have some, and then we have a bunch of other players as well that are seniors or juniors or Katie Johnson who just did her, um, I believe she just did her last year of eligibility potentially as a graduate student. I, I say all of this to say it's very interesting to me the age difference and therefore kind of the difference in performance at the end of games. I think what's going on is this. And we used to see this in the Open Cup with the men when we were an amateur team, and we've heard professionals talk about it in the Open Cup. Your prof- more professional teams tend to be very much more similar to the amateur teams until like the 70th minute or so, and then the real pros, quote-unquote, kind of come out. And we used to see that even with CFC where we would be 
winning sometimes, uh, including I'm uh, remembering against the Harrisburg se- City Islanders, several, several open cups. where we were winning until late and somebody came back and beat us in the end, right? I think something you, you see in these games is that these younger, quote-unquote, and forgive the, forgive the term, I don't mean this in a derogatory way, amateur teams, more amateur players, players that don't have the experience, maybe they get a couple good plays early and they get a goal or two, or maybe they're even the better team potentially for part of the game. But our girls for this year, our players, seem to me to be more mature, and they have a, definitely have some of a never-stay-die, never-quit attitude that means towards the end of these games, they're not fading. They're, getting, they're either getting stronger or the other team is fading and they're staying the same and they're coming back. And that is such a weapon. And it has been this year. You look at when we're storing our goals. We're just wearing down the other team sometimes, sometimes weathering the storm, sometimes whatever. But we're the ones that are the protagonists at the end of every single game, including against Nashville. Yeah. We've been the protagonists, and I think that comes from having a more experienced team that's played more years in college, more years potentially in the WPSL or W League, and depending on um, you know where where these players have played. But I really like that. I'm very happy about it, and it was one of my um, key things that I that I'm gonna I want to talk about today, which is this. Um, it's not just a heart attack, kids that come back, <laughs> but it's the uh, it's the just we're gonna score on you eventually. And it might take us a while, but we're not going. We're going to bend. We might break a couple times, but we're going to get you. So yeah, I I agree with really all of that. And if um, you and if you crumble in the seventieth minute, like we're going to get a couple. Yeah, I, I definitely I definitely think there's something to be said about that, especially given, um, you know, like the Nashville the the Nashville comeback comes on, truthfully, just just two plays where where Nashville's not totally switched on. Um, and one being a, an attack and, and one being from a set piece, the Knoxville game comeback is, you know, a set piece and a bit of a broken play that we just stick with to get those, to get those two goals. And I think, I think in, in this Atlanta game, you know, there wasn't, again, there weren't enough shots created from the run of play for, for my taste. But what we did do is, we kept pressure on. We kept, you know, working to, to create stuff. And while it all wasn't always coming off, what did end up happening is we started to create enough waves of pressure where it's like like a Murphy's. I think Murphy's law applies in women's soccer more than it does in men's soccer. Uh, like women's amateur soccer compared to men's professional soccer, and and that is, you know, Murphy's law doesn't say something something bad's going to happen. It says anything that can happen can happen, or something like that. Something like, you know, you know what I mean? It's a wonderful analogy. Keep going. Uh, and I, I just think like the possibility of anything happening in in the WPSL is very true to me. Um, you know, like the like the average height of, of CFC women is what, like five, six, maybe five, seven, I probably no, like five, six, five, five. I have no idea. I will I will point out the disparity in height. Is big because we are much bigger than we were last year, but we still have players who are not tall as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lupe is like four ten, <laughs> five foot at most, and also like brilliant and, technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Avery Ingles is six foot, so right. like you just like you, anywhere between it's, it's twelve inches. But like we have an entire we have an entire backline and 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 goalkeeper uh, on the men's side that is you know I mean JP is the shortest at five ten. You've got you know I think Aiden Bowers is like six one. Anatoly is like 6'5", Colin Stripling 6'2", Jean Antoine's 6'3", 6'4". Whereas on, on the women's side, you're, you know, Avery's six foot, but then there's a, you know, Catlett's what, 5'9", five, nine. Five, Anna's nine. like 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, you know, in this game, Bailey Dole's probably, is she shorter than that? Like 5'6"? Five, like 5'5", five, 5'6". Five, okay. I'm sorry, Anna. Uh, <laughs> Matt's going to give you, uh, Matt's going to give you I gave, five, I nine. gave you like four inches there. I, I, uh, so yeah. like I know she's not five nine. So you're dealing with like just different physical profiles, and that's why it's a different game. Uh, truthfully, it's like women's soccer and men's soccer are just different games, and I think people need to remember to evaluate them through those lenses. Absolutely. But like any like anything can happen. Like the ball often it it, it squirms off people's foots. It, it it goes all over the place, and like you have to be ready for like just weird bounces, especially if you're playing on turf. Uh, because you know, one one second it's the ball's one place, and the other it's it's off in a completely different place. And I think I think our mentality and toughness, 
and ability to constantly be prepared for whatever might happen is, is number one, helping us come back in some of these games against teams that may be better than us, but maybe not that much better than us, but like maybe, or have like higher, I, higher profile. I would argue they, or, or, or bigger and better CVs on their, on their players. I would argue that uh, the score lines demonstrate that Nashville was the only team that was significantly better than us because they got unlucky not to win. Uh, yeah. Because they had, and they had, you know, they had some bigger chances. Knoxville wasn't that much better than us. They crumbled at a time where we went and yeah, and, 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 the goals. and I think that's I think and they that's, couldn't finish their chances. I think that's some some inexperience from them. Yeah, but I'm just saying, um, like, the, I think the inexperience does kind of write things. Well, I w- so but going in, going in, and heading into our goals from the Atlanta game, like, just the the ability that our team has to be tough and to stick with it, and even though they weren't crazy sharp, to like we we started providing waves of pressure, where you know if we weren't getting. We we may not we're, we're getting a good shot opportunity although we took some shots. I want to finish up your your height conversation. The reason height matters so much because there's such a disparity as, that you can have weird th- weird matchups and weird things happen yes. with a large. I don't know if you finished that, but like with a with a small player against a much taller player, you don't have those big of disparities normally in the men's game. So like the unpredictability if you get a six foot tall player on a five foot four player and suddenly you have this big advantage that at any point could happen and you could score is very, very different. I, I guess the, the Avery angles header versus the Knoxville's keeper who was, you know, might be down five, four, four. four or five, six inches compared to Avery. Like that, that, that kind of opportunity does not happen in the men's game very often. Yeah. Um, Sorry. I just wanted to button that up. So we, yeah, that's, I, felt that's like, good. I felt like we talked about heights and then didn't say why that's, that's fair enough. Um, but I guess where I'm going with this is like we were providing waves of pressure and we were providing a few shots, although they were mostly, you know, taking some chances like we saw in the Birmingham game. And this eventually did pay off because we get a and, and this is probably I don't know, it was like 70th minute or so somewhere in there. We get a, a, a free kick opportunity and, and Nadia puts a ball in into the box that we, we've kind of loaded up the box, too. Yeah, we, we started getting more and more players forward. We were pushing for a yes, goal, but we yes. just it just it, wasn't happening. It was the way the waves of pressure. Nadia puts the ball into the box. It's cleared out, and she just like collects it, uh, and, and and takes a touch in front of her, and then just lets an absolute fucking cannon fly. Uh, in the words, directly into the top. In the corner. words of Mr. Gabriel Shrey or Shrey, sorry, Gabe, if you're listening, uh, he finds the twine. No, she finds the twine first of all, uh, and, yeah, and and second and, and second of all, it was a howitzer. Yeah, it was a howitzer. It was a howitzer. It was an absolute bomb. What a what a shot! What a finish! Um, as a couple of the girls titled uh, things on Instagram, um, and and I could not agree more. It was bangers only, it or was, we only score bangers. It or was something like that. it was absolutely bangers only, and. Um, I mean, just brilliant, brilliant strike that comes in the 70th minute on the money. And so she hits that goal, and then uh, Samantha Mosley did not want to be uh, did not want to be uh, outdone. And while like it was a, v- a little bit different play, it was from a little bit further over, left footed, uh, left footed free kick. Yeah, a few minutes later, 70, another 78th minute. I thought for sure, like Nadia had taken a, a, several free kicks to this point in time. Yeah, I, I would have bet. I would have all bet the all money. the money, mm-hmm. and and she steps over, and I'm like, "What the fuck are we doing?" And then, like, I've never seen. And Nadia takes all. Well, so the only other player that's been taking any set pieces other than Bri- Nadia is Brianna, Brianna Hurtado. So, but, but when Bree's on the field, like Bree takes some of the set pieces, and Bree's delivery's been fantastic. But it's those two players. And then, yeah, uh, Samantha. So, by the way, I didn't remember that Samantha's was a free kick because I was so surprised that Samantha took the free kick. Like <laughs> later on, I thought that Nadia. I had the mis. I had them like switched in my head. So I'm like, surely Nadia took the free yeah, kick. Yeah, right. That she surely, <laughs> and surely Samantha got the the run of play. No, it was it was and the she and she hits it with her left foot. I Samantha Mosley might be left footed. I mean. I did. I don't remember. I need to go back and listen, I remember from our research. Listen, if you watch, if that, you watch that goal again, yeah, she's left footed. She's left footed now. <laughs> Golly, dude, what a monstrous two Absolute goals! Strike. And then, and then, you know, Crisson was not going to leave this game as she never does without getting a goal. Yeah, is she going to score? But she she scored against Birmingham, right? She scores. She scored a goal in every game. Yeah, just four, one goal in every game of the season. One game in every game. So she made sure, and that was the wonderful goal, um, which and which you the eighty third minute, which you talked about a little bit, um, which and I, I don't remember if it was on the podcast or right before, but uh, ball gets put in from the left side. 
Yeah, so this uh, is so this is this is Katie Johnson who's who's been subbed on at this point for the last maybe ten minutes of the game. By the way, I was worried that KD might have actually been hurt. And the reason I was worried about that is because she hadn't come on yet and we yeah. were we weren't winning yet. And it was like the seventieth minute and I was like, Oh no, does she have like a I mean I saw her on the bench, but maybe she's got a little injury and maybe she it's also possible she did, but she came on after that, she played like the rest of the game. She seemed fine. But uh yeah. It was wonderful when she came in because she provided that uh, going against tired legs. Woof. Yeah, so she 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 gets the ball on the left hand side, and she splits two defenders, uh, plays the ball in behind for Summer. So Summer like runs onto it and then plays the ball with her left foot across the box, and right to right to Croissant St. Louis. Also, side side note, can we? I, I know I'm, I know I'm interrupting. I apologize. The Knoxville game. KD took so many kicks, so many hits, so many ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That referee can go fuck himself. <laughs> there was there was about four yellow card challenges in like six possessions or something on her, and not one of them was called. We talked about this in another episode. Um, like attempted murder is legal in women's soccer. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's got to stop. The level of physicality is stupid. And and I realize there are a little bit different games. You just said that, but like the 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 things that defenders are able to get away with on attackers is absolutely crazy and like the risk of injury is there and like it's just stupid and i mean i saw her get frustrated in that game and i I just want to put it out there i noticed i think everybody noticed it was ridiculous and like i'm glad she did she kept her head she did not lose her cool but like she got absolutely just like they just resorted to fouling it was like hack-a-shack except they weren't calling the foul so it was just like free range just hit the player because or pull the player or push the player or kick the player because the player's not going to get a foul called on like it's just crazy yeah Sorry. Anyway, keep going with with her cutting and, and giving the ball to Summer. Sorry, I just I had I got mad again. So so she uh, she collects the ball, just like plays it in in between two players for Summer. Really, really great ball. Uh, the kind of thing that I, I think we've been missing in terms of when I, when I when I talked about not having not having that final pass or not having that pass before the pass. Mm. That was a brilliant pass before the pass. And then and then, and then Summer, you know, runs onto it. Completes the move by by putting in a good ball with her left foot uh, across the face of bo- of goal, and Croissant Saint Louis there heads it home. Eighty third minute, it's three nil, uh, and that by the way is the fourteenth goal in four games for the uh, for the CFC women. Uh, I realize that half of those goals came against FC Birmingham, but let's ignore that part because more interestingly, that is the first hockey assist of the summer. That is crazy from summer. From summer, okay. So I want to go back to one and, second, and, and I think my my point of mentioning the hockey assist thing is that is something that goal right there is something that I've been waiting for. So explain first of all, explain what a hockey assist is for anyone who might not know, and then explain why you think because I know where you're going with this, um, but also you and I talked about this earlier before before we started recording. Like, why is that significant? So like everyone understands, I think that an assist is like the ball that gets played, the pass that leads to the goal, mm. uh, that leads to the shot. The hockey assist is the pass before the pass. Uh, it's the second assist, if you will. And you can create... So, like, we've got a bunch of unassisted goals, be it from defender turnovers, be it from... Um, like, like Nadia's, Nadia's goal in this game is... Comes off the deflection, then she hits unassisted. the howitzer. And great players make great plays. So unassisted right. goals are not completely out of the realm. No, they, they're, they're, they're a part of it. Uh, you you get an assist if you cross a ball, and and, and a player scores. Chris on St. Louis second goal against uh, against Nashville or uh, Summers goal. One of Summers goals against uh, FC Birmingham come from corner kicks. Like that, you get you get assist for those. You get assist for um, for goals if if you make one pass. But what we had not seen this season yet is. Um, and, and actually, we, we have it was just a, a, a kind of a, a, a two woman game, so it does, you, you can't if you score a goal, you don't get credit for the hockey assist as well. So this mm, is like the first goal right. against Nashville. But what I hadn't seen yet is and, three players be involved. And the hockey assist is the pass before the assist. So if I pass, if you're, yeah. it's like it's like it's similar to in basketball. If if you're more familiar with basketball, the assister is the one who passes it straight to the player. But if I pass it to you and then you pass it to Smitty and Smitty dunks the ball on the alley-oop, that's the assist to you. It would be, if basketball counted them, a, a hockey assist, as we call them, because they do that in hockey as well, and they do it in MLS as well. Um, that's the pass before the pass. And we all, people, long-time listeners of this show will know that you love hockey assists. Yeah, so I, I just think it matters because it's the first time this season that we've seen sustained build-up. Three to- players be involved in yeah. a single goal. 
and 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 there'd be and, no and, deflection, and, no no nothing. Well, and I guess my point is, I we've been missing a lot of. Um, uh, like I want to see more shots and I want to see more chance creation. And I think we've not been quite sharp enough in, in the flow of play. We've been able to create some goals through set pieces. We've been able to create some goals through, through some tenacity and, and just being in the right place at the right time. And that's good. And you need that. Uh, but like, I, I like, I think CFC as a club has, has turned to, you know, we want, we want possession football, we want some attacking, expansive football, and we want it on the men's side, and we want it on the women's side as well. And that's this is the first time I. It, it's like we're four games in, we're halfway through the the, the women's season at this point, and mm. and but like because it's such a short season, like it takes a while for some of these things to come together, and and we're seeing, and I and I'll be curious what happens in the next game, but like we're seeing some really like right at the end of that Atlanta game, there's some really good attacking stuff being played, even in the first half when it wasn't always coming off. There was some really good attacking movements coming out of that game. And and I think the, the hockey assist at, at the very end is... Evidence of that. Evidence, uh, in, in real-time evidence, and in, in, in real-world you know, statistical evidence of that, of that taking place. All right. I'm going to move through some of these uh, thoughts and talking points that we have listed out here. Then let's get to our three key takeaways, and uh, let's let the listeners get out of here. This will be a little bit slightly longer review than normal, but uh, we have two games. So, um, three changes. We already talked about this. Three changes on the night. So, that was big that we had the depth to, to accomplish that and to keep the level high and to get the win. Um, the first half um, of, the, of the Atlanta game was kind of similar to Nashville and Knoxville. We just weren't dangerous enough to get the goals. But, again, that mentality is pretty elite in, yeah. how we're, in, in how we're approaching these games and we're eventually breaking through. Um, I'm sorry. I'm scrolling through ones that we haven't talked about. Um, so I, I said this, okay, watch out for Kristan St. Louis. She's tricky. She's technical. She has an absolute eye for goal and she's always making that back post run. Yeah. So here's something interesting that I, that I noticed in this game that was a tactical shift. Uh, we kind of, we kind of changed the typical three, five, two, five, three, two kind of thing that we had had going on and played two strikers and then croissant is a ten, uh, but like almost like a second striker. You mean like, la- you mean later in the game? Yeah, yeah. Once I think in the first half we started doing it, but definitely in the second half where you had like two strikers, and then you had a second striker uh, type position, like underneath a little bit more. Come would come into midfield to collect the ball, uh, but also like play pretty high. And then like Nadia kind of dropped and played alongside Sam Maudsley in kind of a double pivot. Uh, which I thought worked really, really well. And, and it was one of the reasons why we started creating some of these really, really good attacking movements. And it was really interesting to watch Croissant drop in a little every now and then, but then like stay high. So you had kind of a front three going on. It was a really, really interesting tactical shift uh, from Randy. And I, and I thought it paid off really well. Love it. Oh, now my screen's died, of course. Um, at a certain point, Avery Catlett realized they weren't going to stop her dribbling. And I know I mentioned this earlier on. And she turned into number 10 Avery Catlett. Uh, I think, How do you feel about her um, her turning into our um, number ten? So I texted I texted you during at halftime uh, because she had made just two crazy mazy uh, and she wasn't about to stop sl- slaloming like the whole the whole bit all the thesaurus the whole thesaurus uh, just like unreal to just pick up the ball and realize you know what. I, I'm just going to take space until you stop me. And, oh, by the way, you can try to stop me, but then I'll just dribble around you and continue taking space. It was awesome. And 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 she did one of these that that uh, she eventually stopped her run and, like, laid it off and then and then stayed in the attacking frame because uh, another another team uh, another teammate would have been covering for her. So she just kind of stayed in to provide to provide an, an option. And in one, she actually took the ball all the way and then shot and was blocked. Uh, and I would have absolutely lost my mind. You know what it reminded me of? Who it reminded me of? The only CFC player that I could think of that did that regularly on the men's side? Frankie. Frankie. Yeah. 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 It was it was wild. Uh, it was a great game. It, uh, it was a great game great from game her from, from in particular. Like, yeah. All right. So uh, do I'll do my three key, uh, key takeaways first, right? All right? And then you can do yours. Um, I like how I can't speak properly. Uh, so my first key takeaway is shoot or shoot. 
Uh, we joked about this in the Birmingham, yelling <laughs> pull yeah. all the time. Uh, and we talked about it before, but it, it, it bears repeating. Like the goal is the same size for the men's and the women's players, from the men's, men's and women's teams. But the goalkeepers are smaller in women's soccer. Jean's six foot four. Like the average goalkeeper in the in, in at least in our division is probably five seven on the on the tall side. Yeah. Like if I'm being like generous, there's just a lot more space to be exploited. Not to mention the athleticism differences and whatever else. So if you have somebody, and this is something we didn't really have last year, if you have somebody, and we have Nadia and apparently Sam Mosley, who I did not know could do this, pull and, who, and, and David Van Doren. Like there's yes, plenty yes, of players. Yes. You're, you're, it's a good point. My point being is you have if you have multiple players. Um, Oh, it's a dog scratching. I was like, what is that noise? Uh, if you have multiple players who can pull up, who can shoot from distance, and who can uh, make it difficult, it is such a weapon. It's so much a bigger of a weapon in women's soccer but yeah. because bigger goal and, and shorter players. We didn't have that last year. We have it. I don't know if in spades is quite fair, but it's something we didn't see come to fruition except for the Ava uh, shot. Yeah, but, it's, it's a club in the bag this year. But man, is it good? It, it's fun, and we have... Uh, we can make some progress, there. and they have to. The thing is, teams have to be start being more honest defensively. If you're if you're pulling up and making it dangerous, then yeah, because they have you, to come out to you, yeah. and you can slip in some balls, and suddenly you get better chances. You're not one dimensional. So yep. love, love, love that. Uh, number two, games are about moments. Uh, the Caroline one v one save, uh, Avery Engel staying up and winning that header, being the only person to to read that. Saint Louis going on a dribble, getting fouled for a PK. Um, some uh, Nadia hitting that super long free kick just kind of out of not free kick sorry off the free kick hitting that super long shot kind of out of nowhere. Sometimes it's team play. Look like sometimes it is about the team and and how well they played as a unit or whatever else. And sometimes players decide games in some of those moments. Yeah, and great players make great plays. And I'm really really happy this weekend about the great plays that were made by these players. It was fucking great. Um, and, and last thing, you kind of saw in the first half that we played together, we came in ready to both of these games. Um, and I think you saw that it was the first game for both of those teams in the first half. Um, and then in the second half, we weren't able to maintain that same intensity and that same level of performance. We got to be able to maintain that intensity level of performance for 90 minutes if we're going to be a great team, if we're going to be able to beat um, a Nashville uh, or a a Charlotte or somebody if we somehow sneak into the playoffs. And look, uh, I will also mention that we are still in this, in the hunt for the playoffs. We're not favored, but we are in this. If we keep winning, we keep the pressure on these other teams because yeah. they have some, some tough run-ins as well. Uh, about the 70th minute, we're kind of, and in some of these games, we're letting up a little bit, and I don't, I want to see that change. Um, so I'm just adding that as a, as kind of like a, a, a thing here. I'm happy about our mentality to finish the game. I'm, in fact, I'm thrilled with it. It's it's a giant strength. I'm happy about how we're starting games. We just got a little bit in the middle. We got to work on. But man, this team has got could go somewhere if we could put together a full ninety minutes and not give up a, a couple goals. In, you know, in the middle of the second half, as an example, and not give up some big chances in that period. Just maintain that same level of performance throughout the game. We could be a real problem in the playoffs and and leading up to the playoffs. All right, Matthew, your turn. Uh, yeah. So my my first takeaway is set pieces matter. Uh. This should not come as any surprise, uh, but look back to Knoxville. Uh, we score in the second phase of a set piece. We also give up a goal on on a set piece, uh, and technically, technically the penalty as well is, te- uh, is, is a set piece. But um, yeah. you've you know you've got two set piece goals against Atlanta Fire, uh, one coming in the second phase of it, uh, but it's still basically a set piece goal. And then Maudsley's free kick is is just unreal, but like. We have scored a bunch of goals, especially in these games that have been a little bit harder. Uh, I'm, I'm really we're throwing Birmingham the outlier out. Um, we've Mostly, scored, we've yeah. scored a lot of goals on set pieces uh, in comparison to like the to- the total number of goals that we we've scored this year, and uh, and, and and like you you hear this sometimes talking about and, and talking about tactics and soccer like set pieces matter. They can be an equalizer, uh, and I mean like a talent equalizer. Uh, for for helping teams that are maybe are, are not as good at one facet of the game, they're really good on set pieces. It gives them opportunities to 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 be in games and to win games that maybe they they wouldn't ordinarily have just through through the regular flow of game. Um, we need to be better a little bit defensively, I think, uh, on on set pieces, especially in the air, but. If we can continue to be overall positive on it, I think it gives us a good chance going forward uh, 
to to close out to close out the second half of the season. Um, I, I mentioned this before that the third goal against Atlanta could be a sign that the attack is starting to gel in 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 real ways. Um, and, it, and it, like you know, I think we talked about it like on the men's side how the attack you know has taken some time to to really start to come together. Uh, and we got to remember, like this is this may be half the season completed for the women, but it's also just four games. Like it takes, especially oh, with yeah. a bunch of new players. Like it takes time, it's, and it's also we are putting unfair expectations, yeah. on the offense and the gelling because we just don't have time for anything else. Right. But it is unfair, and it's it's yeah. yeah. Uh, and my third point is mentality, experience, and toughness can make up for almost anything. And uh, this team has those things in spades. Going away has these. I mean, things. We, what do we talk about in our preview? We have these players with all this international experience, players yeah. that have played for their countries. I mean, Nadia and KD um, and and um, Croissant Saint, Saint Louis and and she who should not be named um, all played for like their countries. So like, yeah. It's, and and, and you, you you feel that you see that and it's it's not to be trivialized because in these games where you may might have younger players that are just as talented quote unquote or potentially more I wouldn't argue than those four players maybe but like in general might be a little more talented than than whatever sometimes the experience makes you the better player so like I mean, talent I, I, isn't look, the look end at, of it I mean look at summer like how many how many WPSL seasons has she had now like six seven like there, she has also like an, an incredible amount of experience. That allows and like and also has like the physical capabilities, just the motor that helps her keep pushing, keep pushing. She keeps wearing a lot of ice, by the way, <laughs> as like an accessory every time she gets out of a game. She's taped up with ice on a different part See, of her body. That's good. That's called like the, the road to recovery. And I was we, like, we like, I was that. like, I saw her after the game. I was like, Summer, what is like, what are you? Are you okay? She's like, I'm getting old. Yeah. No, this is good. This but, is no, good. It's, it's not good. But um, it's, icing icing after games is good. Oh no, no, I just don't want her to have to ice so much oh, after yeah, games. I would like her to get kicked less. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, I do, I do agree with you. The mentality has been elite, and it has made up for any potential differences in talent. I'm not saying there's been a ton of differences in talent because I think, unlike last year, we do match up talent wise like reasonably well against other teams. Like it's a half step down if if we're if we're down at all. Yeah, I, I think I think the but team the talent, but the, the, the mentality has made up for all the ta- all the talent. Any talent gap there has been, the mentality has made up for it. So here's here's the rest of the season, uh, and I I think, uh, whew, man, uh, we've got we've got Nashville away on Saturday the tenth. Yep, and look, I I hope I think I shouldn't say I hope. I, I think I've said on this podcast before. I definitely have. So you guys, you know my theory. Home game, you always go to the home game. So I'm going to the home game this weekend. I believe there'll be several people at that away game. Um, so definitely a huge away game. And if we can, if we can get a point there or potentially a win, we are uh, very much in in the not the driver's seat, but we're in a much better position. Um, that that game may decide our playoff hopes. Really, yeah. Uh, Actually, I'm going to say that that game does decide our playoff hopes. We might not then do something after that, but if we don't get a point out of that game, our playoff hopes are probably done. So after after Nashville, we have Friday the 16th at home against 865 Alliance. Another huge game. Massive game. Uh, after that. Which I'll be out of town for. Saturday, uh, Saturday, June 24. On the road, there's a men's game also at home that night. In Charlotte is Women's Football Club of Charlotte. That's another big game against a good team. Um, and, and then we'll close in, a, um, in another doubleheader. At home against Soda City, and 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 I, I, at this point, I don't think Soda City is very good. So you look at you know that's a game we're going to have to get three points, no matter what. But these three games right here: away to Nashville, uh, home against Knoxville, away to Char- uh, Women's Football Club of Charlotte. Three massive games against three very good teams, and you know we avoid Charlotte Eagles this year, uh, and so there's nothing we can do about how they do their season. Uh, uh, but all we can do is just play the games that are in front of us and and try to take as many points as possible and just see where things shake out in the end. Honestly, I, I think realistically, if we want any real hope of the playoffs, we need three wins and a draw out of these next three. Next four, three wins and a draw. Uh, that's going to be really hard that those are... We have arguably, and I don't want to belabor the point, and we have, we need to go, but um, w- the scheduling this year sucks. It's uneven, and it's a bummer. And man, did we get one of the worst schedules. 
Um, I would I would just love to see, and we've talked about this before, but I just w- would love to see like everybody once. I, I, I think there needs to be more games. Uh, yes, and we should play everybody once instead of every instead of this dumb like we pay Knoxville and Nashville twice. Like we should play everybody once, or we play everybody twice and have more games. This unbalanced thing is is crappy. So I have a proposal as we as as we like wrap up here. Uh, Go. Number one. Uh, the the WPSL South region power rankings came out uh, on recording day, and CFC has I, moved, moved into the top ten. Hey, can I tell you how I feel about these? They don't matter. I feel about them like I feel about NISA and the Times Free Press. They don't matter. They suck. They can all go fuck themselves. Uh, fair enough. Uh, that was, but that that's a little interesting interesting thing. We've been we've been we watching we've we been watching the it. power rankings a little bit over the last few weeks. We deserve to be in there long before now, and the fact that we're only now in there shows the um, the idiocy of the rankers. <laughs> You're salty today. Uh, the second is no, I have I'm right. <laughs> I have a, an episode title suggestion for this one. For this one, okay. Uh, Randy Douglas got on Twitter uh, after. Uh, after the, uh, the the game on on Sunday night, uh, I think the club had posted you know the hi- highlights had all three goals, and and uh, he has he has a tweet that says, "Welcome to Bangerville." <laughs> Deal. Welcome to Bangerville is good, and that should be the episode title. Welcome to Bangerville, or welcome or bangers only. Okay, yeah, Bang- uh, okay. Deal. Well, on that note, let's end it here. Matthew, thank you for joining me for these two games. Uh, listeners, thank you for listening, and we'll catch up with you later. Peace.